New York's Democratic governor vetoes a bill to fight the fentanyl crisis. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter show, I'll also expose the swamp creatures who called the Biden laptop Russian disinformation. Follow the Sarah Carter show wherever you get your podcasts. Dana Lash's Absurd Truth Podcast. So with this, I want to I want to switch gears and look at Secretary Mayor Newman Poot. And one of the reasons I want to look at Secretary Mayor Newman Poot is do you remember let's go back when when was this do you guys remember health and human services secretary former tom price right he ended up do you remember why he had to resign so tom price he had to resign from the trump cabinet because and this is a politico piece this is from 2017 He had to resign uh, back in September of 2017 because he had taken a bunch of private flights that were funded by the taxpayer. And so he was the first and the left was apoplectic over it. And then they were celebratory because this was the first Trump administration cabinet secretary to step down. And so he stepped down because of the private flights. There was this big, oh, the left really went at it. They said, oh, we noticed that you had a handful of private flights that were paid for by the taxpayer. And he resigned. And so this was one. I'm looking at a couple of other things. And it was it was specifically due to his use of private private planes. The CNN headline said price out as HHS secretary after private plane scandal. You guys remember all of this? He said, no, no, no. He said everything was approved through the usual legal and ethics offices at HHS. Oh, no, no. But you could not have the appearance of a cabinet secretary flying routes that were easily navigated by far cheaper means. Oh, they went after him. Remember this? Tom Price had to resign in shame. He broke a precedent. He had non-commercial travel. He traveled privately. He must go. So are we going to make that the universal rule now? Well, it depends. Because Secretary Mayor Newman, Poot Buttigieg, has flown a lot on taxpayer-funded private jets, according to a ton of flight data. Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, as much as actually he's flown as much as Tom Price has. Wow. Whoa, wait a minute. Whoa, really? Wait a he's just a couple of flights under Tom Price. Literally, like two flights under Tom Price. Secretary, Transportation Secretary Newman Poot. He's, remember, he's the carbon emissions guy. Everybody has to cut their carbon emissions. Kane, are you cutting your carbon emissions? No? I'm actually increasing carbon emissions. I'm actually considering ways to increase my carbon emissions more. Yeah, like taking unnecessary trips to do totally stupid things. So instead of taking an email, maybe I will get in my car and I'll, you know, especially if it's local, and I'll drive a piece of mail to where it needs to go and then come back and then get the envelope for it and drive that back too. Right? See, you know, I'm doing my part. So... Buttigieg has traveled back and forth all around the country on private taxpayer-funded jets. Huh. Interesting. The House Oversight and Reform Committee, they opened all these investigations into every bit of travel that Trump administration officials took. But when it comes to, hmm, Poot, 
hmm, he gets to hop on a private jet. What's different is that Tom Price also wasn't a big proponent of of, uh, reducing your carbon emissions. He wasn't one of those guys that was shaming people for taking private flights. But if you've noticed, all these people on the left, John Kerry, Poot Buttigieg, everyone else, they lecture Americans, maybe you should fly less. Maybe you should do all of these things to make your life more miserable and reduce any kind of uh, output or evidence that you were ever on this earth to the planet. Maybe you should do those things. But in the meantime, they'll hop on a private flight whenever they can. Yeah, he's used a lot of private jets because he does important work, guys. I mean, I don't, don't ask me to explain what he does. It has to do with transportation stuff. I don't know. I mean, that's what he's supposed to do. He had to go. Oh, so one of his trips, he went to Vegas to promote a public works project. And see, it was he's specialer. Because he can't, you can't expect someone like Secretary Mayor Newman Poot to take a commercial jet. And what if, what if first class is full? Does he have to slum it in steerage? I mean, come on. So he's got to hop on a private plane and go and promote a public works thing. Hmm. What's interesting, too, is that the deep dive into his travel has noticed that all of the states Secretary Mayor Newman Poot Buttigieg has visited on his taxpayer-funded private jet, have been swing states in federal elections. But he, there was one exception. He said, well, Oklahoma's not a swing state. Oh, the one state that you went to that wasn't a, oh, oh, I guess you got us. But he's been to everywhere from Ohio, New Hampshire, everywhere. He's jetted all around. And what is he basically is uh, acting as a car, sh- like a, a show car or whatever, like a you know, how you go and you see they people come out with a new vehicle and you have like the women who present them and they do their hands and they here's the car. You know what I mean? He's that for these uh, infrastructure investment and jobs act projects from what I'm reading. So he basically you're telling me that he basically just goes and shows up to highlight what we're spend- he spends taxpayer funded taxpayer dollars to take a private jet to go and highlight something that taxpayer dollars are doing. That seems dumb. I mean, couldn't you just like zoom it in? Couldn't you? Do we not have that technology? Can you work in audio video? Do we not have that technology oh, to do that? We can, we can zoom in. Well, why couldn't he do that? It's a great question. But I mean, I it's- think he was busy giving COVID messages while walking down hallways. Oh, that's a really good point. Is this what he was doing instead of his job? I mean, the transportation secretary. Let's look at this for a minute. Because this seems like a really cushy job. You don't really work. I mean, nobody knows what he does. Does he even have an office? Nobody knows. So the transportation secretary, the... It doesn't actually give their job details. Uh, When you... I, I don't know. Nobody knows what they do. Nobody knows what this stuff does. The transportation secretary is supposed to... Elaine Chow had it uh, previously. And then, of course, you had Tom Price. But basically, they oversee the formulation of national transportation policy. And they promote intermodal transportation. Very official. And they advise the president on transportation stuff. Based on what experience? Well, he likes to drive... 
and he was the mayor of a town that had buses. So, I mean, he's way more. Oh, and he likes to fly private a lot. So he's, you know, an expert on transportation. He gets six figures. Well, upper five. Let's put it like that. He gets upper five. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting indeed. Actually, no, I think it is six figures. And I will say that previous, I mean, transportation, I mean, wouldn't you want to be, if you're the transportation secretary, wouldn't you want to be on private or public transport because if your job is to showcase transportation and if people are having a difficult time with flights because of cancellations etc isn't because the excuse that some have given is that well you know he can't be subjected to the cancellations that other you know really that that means there's a that he's not doing his job if there are that many problems that he can't even take public transit if he can't take public transportation and he's the transportation secretary, he's not doing his job. The fact that they don't see this is mind-boggling. I mean, you, you're the transportation secretary. You would want to be seen taking public transport. But see, this is, what, this is how the left treats these, the Soviet left treats these jobs. It is nothing more than, you know, a, a, some sort of symbolic position that is there to do, I mean, nothing except they just try to justify taking taxpayer dollars or something for, you know, oh, here he's doing his job. We don't know what he's doing, but mm. I just think if you're unable to take public transport as the transportation secretary, then that means that you're not doing your job correctly. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So, what is it? France took out England yesterday. I watched that. Morocco reached World Cup semifinals, topping Portugal. Ronaldo was sad. Was he bawling or just crying? Or was he just teary-eyed? Some of the, some of the media, I thought, enjoyed it a little too much. They, they just enjoyed it a little too much there, I have to say. Uh, also, so Morocco's going to... They, they advance. Uh, France advances. Uh, oh, yeah, England... Uh, Portugal don't. This GOP senators are raving over a potential Tim Scott presidential run. No. I like Tim Scott, but he doesn't have a shot in hell. I'm just gonna we're gonna end that right there because that's I'm just being honest. There's no it's not mean. I'm just I'm just telling you. I don't know why and why. Why do people float this stuff? Uh also Wall Street Journal has the story that Europe is now being hit by a shortage of antibiotics. Have you been seen to that people, uh, what is it, Adderall? Is that what people take for ADHD? Yeah. Apparently there's a shortage of that in the United States and others. an antibiotic shortage in Europe. A rising demand and supply chain issues because everybody makes the, the, all the powders in China. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, they said that it's, it is becoming incredibly problematic for these manufacturers. And so as a result, they said that there, there's a shortage. Countries across Europe are reporting shortages. And there, um, amoxicillin, cephal- cephalosporins, and other widely used antibiotics. Is that neosporin? I would imagine. Yeah. Oh, make sure you, I'm all stocked up on my neosporin. So I do have that. Uh, let's see here. I had a little glitch with my headlines. And so now I have it. I had to bring it back up. Uh, also, the uh, 25% of home buyers, nearly 25% of home buyers, CNBC, said that they want to move 
And if you guess Florida as being the top state that to where they want to move, you are correct. They said that the net flow of people looking to move, leave their city and move is pretty unbelievable. A lot of people are leaving California. A lot of people live in New York, uh, Chicago, Boston and D.C. People are leaving and everybody's going to sunny Florida. Hmm. I feel like that is going to there's a bad side to that. There's a downside, but I don't think they're going to realize it for five to 10 years. We have a lot more on the way. Hunter Biden haikus and all the left now doesn't want to buy Tesla anymore because of Elon Musk. We'll talk about that. Stay with us. He's so here's his here's the story. I which I am shocked at this. So in addition to selling bad art, he's murdering the haiku. So he's got this. I guess he had another gallery showing. His latest exhibition, painting sold for up to $225,000. And it's his haiku series. I can't. I'm not. This has done some of the dumbest stuff ever. Daily Beast had this piece originally. The same gallery owner who's been doing all of his stuff. What's his name? George Burgess. The new pieces are going from fifty five to 225000 the only reason that they're even selling that much is because of his name. That's it. That's the only reason that they're selling that much. And laundering. Yeah. It's money laundering. Yeah, you're right. It's mo- it is totally money laundering. So he, uh, it's the, the whole series is called The Haiku. And remember, five of his last original prints, his print sold for 75000 apiece. Federal agents are investigating his finances and tax stuff against him. So they said that the entries include vivid, disjointed landscapes and a Clint-like rendering. Uh, kaleidosco- it's a, it's the, the spirograph. It's what it is. And let's just listen to some of these. So Burgess is really selling it. He goes, they're elegant paintings and they're very complex in terms of their process. And each one has a haiku on the back. The collectors who came in last night were were impressed. No, they weren't. And he added, this is the dealer. He added, I think the series is meditative and contemplative. Can we use any more aid of words? And I think it's reflective of how he is at the moment. There's this sense of becoming, this is some Kylie Jenner stuff right here. There's the sense of like becoming and contentment as he's getting into his own stride as an artist. And the main haiku series is on metal and they needed some on canvas. And the Burgess shared one of the haikus. Here's one of the haikus that he wrote. Ready? Atoms bloom in my chest. All the room is filled. It is full. I can see all the colors. Now, <clears throat> I wrote about this. The thing about haikus, if anyone who was ever in school, as they would understand, is that a haiku, they've got some pretty strict rules with a haiku. They have three lines. He at least got the three-line part right. Of course, he would be really good at lines. And they follow the 575 rule of five syllables in the first and third lines and seven syllables in the second line. Biden does none of this. So do you want to hear one of mine? Yes. Because remember, the first line, it's supposed to be five syllables. Second line is seven syllables. And the third line is five syllables. Now, if you want to be even more of a stickler, it's supposed to be about seasons and nature. But we can get away with that a little bit. But I did keep to seasons in this first one. So here's one I wrote. And he can use this on the back of one of his little paintings, the spirograph paintings. Mine is white powder like snow covers the strippers' soft hills. Snort, let's go sledding. Uh-huh. 
Give me one of yours, Kane. Kane wrote six. I wrote several because... You're a haiku uh, master. I knew the assignment. Mm-hmm. Um, he paints in the day. Money laundering by night. Ooh. He's high on that crack. Oh, I like that. I like that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I have another one. Uh, this is, say, Biden privilege gets those honeys and monies. You paid what for this? Give me another one. Uh, Hit me. With camera in hand, he snorts coke off of hookers. His straw is his strength. Ooh. That's good because, see, instead of snorting through the straw, he's painting with the straw. We had some others. Uh, some some listeners shared, uh, like we had Carla who shared, the laptop from hell, censored by the media. Big guy saw to it. Someone else added, corruption abounds in my administration. Sit down and shut up. This one is actually funny. Oh, they're all funny, but I like this one. An infant appears. Oh, but for little sniff, they cannot stop me. (laughs) Then you have, where the hell am I? Who are all these people? Who are all of these people? Teleprompter, read. And our friend Nick Searcy added, Pedo Pete gets 10% of what I earn while I smoke lots of crack. Haiku. The Hunter Haiku. I can't believe that that was it. Now, in the days of yore, oh man, here's another one. Uh, David has one who he responded on uh, Substack. Chill of my crack pipe. Russian escort sweet caress. Warm chemical bliss. <laughs> chemical bliss is a good name for something. I don't know what it is yet. I can't. I, this one, I don't know if I can read this one. Yeah, this hold up. Kane, well, here, I mean, you might maybe you should read this one so then I can have some plausible deniability and be like, I didn't do that. This is what one of the one of our listeners wrote. It's good. They're not really supposed to rhyme, but he like did it anyway. So bonus points. All right. High time with a hoe. Cover that a with some blow. 10 percent to Joe. That's good. I like that. Well done. You all understood the assignment. Well done. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. Man, uh, some of these are so insane. So this Florida man decides to set a police car, just decided he's going to set a police car on fire, just, you know, because he just decided he wanted to do it. Uh, This man was charged with two counts of arson. It happened on Wednesday, Hernando County Sheriff's Office. They said Anthony Tarduno admitted to setting the patrol car on fire. He was just walking out of the bar, 4.30 p.m., Springville, Florida, and he saw a patrol vehicle and decided he'd like to set it on fire. So he got a bag of garbage from the dumpster, placed it under the patrol car, and lit the trash on fire. And, uh, yeah, well, it did exactly what you thought it would do. Now, he told... The when he was asked to explain his actions, he said that he was drunk at the time. And then he said that he uh, after he set it on fire, he went back to the bar, but he returned to the crime scene to confess because he said he felt bad. And he said, I do stupid things when I'm drunk. I mean, it he torched this car he, and he placed it directly under the gas tank, too. He was cooperative, they said. And he said he was a professional arsonist who had been convicted of similar crimes. But 
he uh, said he didn't target the patrol car. He said he was going to set any car in in that location on fire. Oh, that makes it that makes everybody feel better. You know, that makes it all better. Florida man robs two stores wearing a police hat because he was bored. Uh, Nicholas Lamadrid, 45, is accused of robbing a bank and a Circle K gas station two days apart. Uh, he said he did so, and this was just a few days ago, uh, because he was bored. According to the tellers at the bank, he reportedly handed them a note with the words assault and money typed on it. <laughs> Golly, that seems kind of lazy. They, The teller believed that he had a gun on it, and he ran off after getting the cash. And then two days later, he did the same thing at a Circle K and it said, give me all the money in a pack of 305s, 100s, please. And then he robbed that store, too. So he was trying to imply that he was armed, but apparently he wasn't. So he has been, oh boy, he's been arrested because they're bored. Bored. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Dana Lash's Absurd Truth Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. New York's Democrat governor vetoes bipartisan legislation to fight the fentanyl crisis? I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, I'll also tell you another way that the Chinese Communist Party is trying to manipulate our political system by accusing an Asian American congresswoman of being racist towards China. And as Twitter's role in suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop story is revealed, I'll call out the swamp creatures who called it Russian disinformation. Follow the Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts.